0: comes to take away the sin of the world. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. God's going to show us all the way back in the book of Genesis about this Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, we're so glad you're here. Uh, if you would fill out uh, one of the Connect cards, it's right there in your bulletin, and uh, take that and just take the time, and give us your prayers, your praises, what's going on in your life, how we can pray for you, we would be glad to do that. And uh, I, I had to mention to some folks that, now if you're new here and you want a cookie call, uh, you got to fill one of these out, because if we don't know where you live, we can't find you. And we want to bring you some cookies, but we've got some folks who have joined the church, uh, new members, Lance Pugh over here, You can well, you can stand up. That's Lance. He's one of our new members here. And then Jeff Houchin. Uh, now Jennifer joined earlier. They're engaged to be married. Woo. They're, they're not here this morning, but Jeff joined the church this, uh, this last week after our, um, our Discovery side class. And so we're, we're going to welcome a new couple uh, to us. So uh, Jeff and Jennifer, we're so glad they're with us. And if you see them, welcome them. Say, thanks for being part of the East Side family. We have, uh, after the second service, right here, we're going to have our quarterly uh, congregational, just uh, informational meeting. It's a chance for us to give you some information about what's going on. And then for you to ask questions if, you, if you're if you wondering, hey, what's, what's happening uh, this summer, you know, We'll help you with that. So that's after the second service right here. Uh, so go have your breakfast. Come back so you can find out what's going on here at Eastside. And then uh, we're having the memorial for Harlan. It's going to be Thursday, and it's going to be at the Veterans Memorial at Lynn, Timberland Park. Timberland Park. So uh, we're going to have a reception afterwards here. But if you've never been out there, Harlan was one of the people, if you read the article in the paper, he was one of those that said, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And what a place of tribute for him. a matter of fact, the picture that is sitting in his seat is from the wall that's out there at Timberland Park. And so uh, I think it's the perfect place to have the memorial for him. So that'll be Thursday at 1 p.m. And then next week, Father's Day, uh, we're going to do something. Instead of giving you a gadget or we've in the past, you know, we've, you know, mamas get roses. And what do dads get? They get gadgets or, and then you go home and you put it in your junk drawer and never see it again, right? So we decided that uh, next week between first and second service, we're going to bless you guys with a biscuit bar. That sound Okay. So if you're if you are first service dads, hang out after first service. If you and you can let the second service dads know, get here early before they're all gone. Right? Okay, and that's gonna be our uh, off our uh, treat for you guys for Father's Day next week. Is that it? We've got one more? No? Yes. Yes. Well, oh, this is so on the twenty seventh. AIM is one of our Agape International Missions is one of our three foreign missions that we support. And uh, they, rescue, um, they rescue kids and women out of the sex slave trade in Cambodia. We're going to see an hour-long uh, professional video uh, called Tending the Clouds. And uh, that's going to be on the 27th at 4 p.m. right here in the Worship Center. Now, I will let you know this is probably not for kids uh, so, but it it will give you a wonderful idea of the ministry that we support there. So, make plans Sunday, June twenty seventh, four p.m. right here to come see this hour long uh, movie uh, that will tell you about what these folks go through and, and the amazing work that Aim is doing in Cambodia. So now we're now we're at the offering. So let's uh, let's pray for our offering. We have. Offering boxes in the uh, foyer on each side by the back door. And then for those in the Agape room, we have one there too. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to return a portion of what you give to us back to you. So that we can can do things like support AIM in Cambodia uh, and around the world. That the gospel can be preached and people can come to know you as their saviour. Thank you for all you do with the money that we give. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in the book of Genesis. And uh, Genesis chapter 22 today. And one of the things we started, uh, you know, when we started with Genesis, we said, one of the reasons we study the Old Testament is because what? It informs us about the New Testament, right? And in chapter 22, we are going to see God give us a foreshadowing of his redemptive plan through, this, through Abraham and Isaac. And in, in Genesis chapter 22, this is, I hope this morning as we go through this, you, you realize the amazing thing that happens when God puts all the pieces together. And he says, he says, I want you to look. I want you to see. I want you to see what is coming. I am going to be the redemption for all of mankind. And he's going to show us this foreshadowing. And he had to wait because we had to wait for, for Isaac. Isaac, the one and only son that God said would come through Sarah. And we saw that last week, didn't we? As Sarah gave birth to this this out of time, right? She couldn't have a baby. Abraham's 100 years old, she's 90 years old, and, and this miraculous baby comes into the world. And he says, It's through Isaac. Through Isaac, this is going to come. And then we come to chapter 22, and God makes the big ask. Of Abraham, So let's look at this, let's turn to Genesis chapter 22 and we're going to read verses 1 through 19 as we see the story unfold that is going to foreshadow our redemption. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son. "'your only son, whom you love, Isaac, "'and go to the land of Moriah "'and offer him there as a burnt offering "'on one of the mountains, which I will tell you.' "'So Abraham rose early in the morning "'and saddled his donkey, "'and he took two of his young men with him "'and Isaac, his son, "'and he split wood for the burnt offering.' and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from the distance. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, And he laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so the two of them walked on together. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. He said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And so the two of them walked on together and they came to a place of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram was caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for the burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord Will Provide. And as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. And he said, By myself I have sworn and declared the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, as as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of your enemies, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived in Beersheba. I don't know about you, but that is a story that stirs my heart every time i read it there is so much in here of god's amazing grace to you and i that it's hard to pick every little piece out but we're going to take some of that this morning and we're going to see we're going to see how god in his mercy shows us all the way back in genesis 22 that there's going to be a risen savior There's going to be one who's going to be given. And he's going to be the one and only, your only son, as John 3.16 would tell us, right? So the first thing I want you to see is Abraham immediately responded to the Lord. You see that in verse 1? Abraham, God said, Abraham, and he said, here I am. There's not even a, a, a heartbeat of notice. He says, here I am. Abraham has finally learned that that when God calls, he has to answer. And God wants us to answer immediately. And why is that? I mean, God was just calling. He hadn't given him any task yet. Remember the story of little Samuel in the temple? And Eli, Eli was so out of tune with God that Samuel heard the voice. Samuel, Samuel. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. It took three times before, before Eli figured out, oh, God's calling Samuel. And he said, you go, back to, you go back and lay down, and when he calls, you say, here am I, Lord. We need to respond immediately, because, you know, in this case, God was going to tell him, God was going to give him a task. But there comes times in our lives when God calls us, And he wants us to act immediately because it's a matter of life and death. Look at verse 11. Look down at verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, what? Here I am. And he says, do not stretch out your hand against the lad. I've provided for him. What would happen if Abraham had dulled his hearing to the Lord? Abraham, Abraham! But he answered immediately. And we need to learn from this that we need to answer immediately when God calls us, when He has something for us. He calls us and we need to answer immediately. Now, why did God pick Mount Moriah? Any of you have been looking at your, in your atlases since the last time we talked about why the land of Israel is important? Anybody know where Mount Moriah is? It's in Jerusalem. Who said that? Right here. David did. It's in Jerusalem. And more exactly, Mount Moriah is the place of the temple. If you go there today, you will find the Dome of the Rock, the Muslim Dome of the Rock. And it sits on top of where Solomon built the temple. And I want you to to watch this because there's a couple key factors here. One, God is asking him to go from Beersheba up to Mount Moriah, about 45, 50 miles from where he was all the way up there. And how long did it take him to get there? Three days. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. What that three days signifies. But Mount Moriah sits in the center of Jerusalem. Now, I want you to to, uh, turn to 1 Chronicles 21. Because this is going to give us a little bit of history on why Mount Moriah is going to be important. Abraham is going to go there and he's going to make an altar To sacrifice, but I want you to watch what happens in the future at this exact place. Starting in verse 14, it said, So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell. So, So, to give you a little backstory on this, David had counted the people, and God said, Because you counted the people, I'm going to send a plague. And the death angel comes, and people start to die. And in verse uh, 15 it said, And God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. And he was about to destroy it. And the Lord saw it and was sorry over the calamity. And said to the destroying angel, It is enough. Now relax your hand. And the angel of the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Ornon, the Jebusite. Now that's important because guess where, guess where the threshing floor is? It's on top of Mount Moriah where they're going to build the tabernacle, where they're going to build the temple. David's going to build the temple at this exact spot where God sent Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And it goes on and it says that, that David, he repents. He said, God, it's me. I said I was the one who made The count, blame me. And God says, Listen, David, if you're going to repent, I want you to go. And he said, He lifted up his eyes and he saw the angel stand, the death angel standing over the top of the threshing floor of Ornan with his sword in his hand. And he says, You go up there. And then in verse. uh, in 22, he gets there and, he, and David said to Ornan, give me the site of this threshing floor that I may build on it the altar of the Lord for the full price you shall give to me and the plague shall be restrained from the people. And Ornan said to David, take it yourself and let the Lord the king do what is good in his sight. See, I will give the oxen for a burnt offering and the threshing sledges for the wood and the wheat for the grain offering. I will give it all. But King David said to Ornan, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price for I will not take what is yours for the Lord or offer a burnt offering which costs me nothing. So David builds the altar and God stops the pestilence and now I want you to look at one other place and that is, is 2 Chronicles 3.1. Remember, David was not allowed to build the temple because he was a man of war. 2 Chronicles 3, 1, and then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Where? On Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. On Mount Moriah, he builds a temple now. I want you to see a topographical map of Jerusalem. The Thresh of Ar- Arnua is spelled a little bit different. The Temple Mount at 741 feet and a half a mile away is Golgotha at 70 777 feet. You can stand on the top of Mount Moriah and you can see in the close distance Golgotha. Did God give Abraham a foreshadowing of the absolute sacrifice that was going to take place? Because when Jesus died, what happened in the temple? The curtain was rent open and we were were allowed to worship freely. From then on, he was the ultimate sacrifice. Abraham was sent to the exact place where Jesus would be sentenced to death. And from there, he could see the exact place that Jesus would die. Well, what a difference three days makes 3 days and i want you to think about what was happening with abraham what did the angel tell him to do he told him to go and sacrifice isaac and at that point isaac was as good as dead abraham made all the preparations and for 3 days they trekked abraham had the fire and the knife and the wood and the sacrifice. For three days, the father lamented the loss of the son. And you see the symbology, don't you? For three days, Jesus laid in the grave. And the father lamented. But what happened on the third day? He was resurrected, right? Right? Isaac was as good as dead. But three days, they get to the mount. They get there. And, and this, this piece in verse 6 touches me so, so deeply. In verse 6 it says, I got, I got to get back to Genesis. In verse 6 it says, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac his son. You know what the Via Della Rosa is? The Via Della Rosa is the road that travels directly from the temple to Golgotha. Remember that topographical map? That's a ridge line that follows from the temple to Golgotha. And they laid the cross on the back of Jesus and he began to walk the Via Della Rosa one half mile to Golgotha. The father laid the wood of sacrifice on the son. But look what Isaac says. Isaac turns to his father, and he said, My father, here I am, my son, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And listen how we listen how Abraham responds. God will provide for himself. The lamb for the burnt offering. Anybody's Bible have a capital H for himself? God will provide himself for a lamb. That's important, folks. Because what did we sing about already? The lamb. John the Baptist recognized it. John... Would have heard this, this uh, the story of Moses as he proclaimed this in history. And John said in 1 John 2 9, the next day he saw Jesus coming to him. This is John the Baptist. And he, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist knew who it was. John the Baptist. Looked all the way back to Genesis chapter 22 and he says that's the lamb that God provided for himself. And Jesus as the lamb of God is an important piece in everything that we, we are going to see in our future. In Revelation chapter 5 it says then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders And the number of them were myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard say to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord that he is the lamb that took away the sins of the world you see the world can they can they can call us crazy they can call us foolish They can say, oh, why do you believe in that fairy tale? But one day, every, knee did you see that? Every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them said to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. You see, the world is the one who's believed the lie. Every, one day everyone will bow and say the Lamb is worthy. In Revelation 19, 7 it says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to Him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Who's the bride? We are. The Church of God is the bride. And one day we're going to see a big wedding in the marriage supper of the Lamb when we sit down with Jesus and and we have the marriage supper of the lamb and finally in chapter 21 when we see the new heaven and the new earth as god creates what will be eternity for each and every one of us he says i saw no temple in it for the lord god the almighty the lamb and the lamb are the temple there is no more temple The temple mount is no longer needed because the lamb is on his throne in heaven and the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it for the glory of the God has illumined it and its lamp is the lamb. Jesus is the light of the world and he will light all of heaven and earth for eternity when he creates the new heaven and the new earth. What an amazing thing it is to be introduced in chapter 22. To the lamb that he himself will provide. The lamb of God. I want you to notice that Isaac was a willing sacrifice. Isaac didn't kick and scream. Isaac didn't didn't say no. I won't do it. I mean Isaac was Pretty bright kid, right? I see the fire and I see the wood but where's the lamb? He had to know something was up. Dad, we've trekked all this way. We've gone for three days and you're taking me up here. Where is the lamb? But when when Abraham bound him and set him and you said, well, he tied him up. Abraham's probably 115 years old by this time. Isaac's a young, he's not a little lad. Isaac's probably in his teens, maybe even older, late teens. You think he could overcome his dad? No, they bound the lamb so that it would lay still on the fire when the fire started to burn. Because he was going to offer Isaac he was going to lay him. That's where they would slit his throat. And he and, it, and But Isaac willingly laid there for him. So much so that Abraham reached over to grab the knife. And God said, wait. You've shown, you have shown your willingness to give Isaac and Isaac has shown himself willing remember when Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane with the, with the twelve after the communion they wandered up into the hills and he left part of them and he took Peter James and John and they went a little bit further what did Jesus pray father not my will but thine be done. If you can let this cup pass from me, please do. But not my will, but thine be done. Your will. Just like Isaac was a willing sacrifice. Jesus was a willing sacrifice on the cross. They didn't have to fight to put Jesus on the cross. He laid down his life. He spread out his arms. He let them drive the the nails through his hands and through his feet willingly. And then what did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They're not carrying out their will. They're not even carrying out Pilate's will. They're carrying out the will of the Father that the sacrifice would be made. The one and only Son would be sacrificed. But Isaac was spared. He said, don't kill him. You've shown that you're willing. Isaac was resurrected. Right? Isaac was resurrected off of the altar. He didn't have to give his life because Jesus said, because God looked at him and he said, I will provide The lamb. The lamb. And it says that that God provides a ram. God provided a temporary sacrifice. He said, you've made it all this way. You need to provide a sacrifice because I've asked you to do that. And God says, here's a ram. And normally a ram would not be what was sacrificed for sin. The sacrifice for sin was a a lamb. But God provided a temporary sacrifice. And I love the fact that he says, he names the place. Mount Moriah is called what? The Lord will provide. And what does that mean? What is the Old Testament name? Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Have you ever prayed Jehovah Jireh? You should. What do you need? What is it you need? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Do you need Abraham needed a sacrifice? Jehovah Jireh. I need I need healing. Jehovah Jireh. I need encouragement. Jehovah Jireh. I'm in the middle of a big pickle. You know, it says, you know, we, we go through trials all the time. We go through difficulties in life. Jehovah Jireh learn to pray the names of God. He will provide. And he did. Well, we're going to end with God reaffirming, reaffirming the covenant with Abraham. And I want you to look at verses 15 through 18. And then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. And he said, by myself I have sworn and declared the Lord. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed to the stars of the heavens and the sands on the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of your enemies. Notice he said, by myself. Abraham's willingness to sacrifice Isaac did not win him salvation. Faith in the almighty God was what gave him salvation. God was the one who provided, will provide the sacrifice as he looks to the future to see that. And it says, by myself I have sworn. God provides that. It's grace alone that saves us. Nothing we can do. We can't sacrifice enough to earn God's grace. It's God who gives us that grace. And who is this seed that he talks about? In Galatians it clarifies. Galatians 3.16 Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and his seed. He does not say and to the seeds. But as referring to many but rather to one. And to your seed that is Christ. Now what is he talking about? He's talking about the very last promise in verse 18. And your seed, in your seed... All the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Aren't you glad that Abraham said, here am I? That he obeyed the voice? Because in Christ, all the nations have been blessed. They've been blessed through salvation. They were blessed at the cross when Jesus died on the cross and paid for each and every one of our sins. They were blessed the day that he rose up out of the tomb and said, I am risen. That's the seed of Abraham that brings blessing to all nations of the world. That's that's the seed that allows that scene in heaven when myriads and myriads and and thousands and thousands will bow on their knee and they will say, what? What? Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. We sing a hallelujah, right? That's, that's one of the, when I, when I sing that song, I think of, of what it's going to be like to be in heaven. But it was that, it was Jesus Christ the seed that we celebrate at communion. It's his death and resurrection that is foreshadowed In Genesis chapter 22. It's that death. That only he could pay. The the one and only son. Right? Abraham's one and only son. Isaac. And God's one and only son. Jesus Christ. Who paid the sins of each and every one of us. And that's what we celebrate. At the communion. We celebrate what? We celebrate the breaking of bread. Jesus said the night that that he was to die. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take eat. This is my blood which is shed for you for the remission of sin. And that's what we remember. We remember what was foretold all the way back with Abraham and Isaac so don't let anybody ever tell you that the old testament is is not for today the old testament absolutely shines its light on the cross and says it's coming it's the gift it's for you as we come to communion this morning i just think of I have a son, Josh. June seventh, two thousand seven, an IED blew through his Humvee in Baghdad, Iraq. And I got a telephone call saying your son's in critical condition. In surgery. And I felt. I said God. Will you save him? And he did. I can't imagine. I can't imagine our heavenly father looking down on his son, beaten by Roman soldiers and hanging on a cross and saying, I'm willing to give you up for me. He did it for me. That's the gift that God gives each one of us today. Let's pray. Thank you. Thank you, God, for the foreshadowing that you gave us through Abraham and Isaac. Thank you for the gift of the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And I just pray that you would help each one of us to live each day in such a way that we glorify that sacrifice that you made so that others can come to the cross and receive you and live eternally because of that precious, precious gift that was given. I pray this in Jesus' name.